You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't, nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, we are on episode 180, and our topic is winterizing your home to prevent toxic mold concerns. First of all, I hope all of you are doing well. It's We're into November now. And uh, Thanksgiving will be up here quick, and then it'll be Christmas, and we'll we'll be into 2023 in a couple months. So, hope all of you are doing well. But anyhow, back to winterizing your home to prevent toxic mold concerns. It's probably about a month ago we went over the fall checklist, and you know the fall checklist is kind of more of a you know what what you can do in the fall to prevent mold. And things you just need to do in general has nothing to do with mold, like, you know, changing batteries out in your carbon monoxide detectors or smoke detectors. But today's episode's fo- more focused on winterizing your home. And so when we say that, it's, you know, mainly for people that are going to, you know, let's just say you're snowbirds and you leave your property that you've been in all summer and you're going to leave and head somewhere warm for the winter. Or, you know, if you have a rental that maybe is vacant, uh, stuff like that. And that's, you know, it's not only those people that are leaving their homes vacant. Um, it is for those of you that do live year-round in a, in a really cold climate. Um, when I say cold, I mean it's freezing all the time. So you have, you know, a foot of frost in the soils and it's <laughs> it doesn't thaw all, all uh, winter long. Let's start with this. And this is one of the questions I get the most you know, or most common is, is, you know, what can contribute to a mold infestation during the winter months? You know, once again, it's, you know, I've, I'm, I'm trying with this solo podcast or this solo format, I'm trying to ask you guys questions, or sorry, ask myself questions that you guys would ask. You know, sometimes I just think that, that most of you understand, like, well, you know, you should know what an ice dam is or, 
you know, what a, a defective leach field could do to your septic system in the winter. And I got to realize that you guys don't do this every day. That's why you listen. One of the biggest uh, things as far as what causes mold in the winter months would obviously be a winter or a, a moisture intrusion event. And that would be something, you know, caused from an ice dam or frozen water lines. I mentioned leach fields um, that freeze up and can cause sewage backup. Um, it could be from a number of events. And, you know, we always have, you have to have that moisture intrusion event that will elevate the humidity. Remember this, humidity over 60% can allow mold to become viable and reproducing. So at 60% or higher, that's where you, you really have concerns. Different mold types are, uh, thrive, just like plants and everything else. They thrive at different temperatures, different conditions. You know, if it's dark, damp, some molds are, are like candida. They thrive at a lot higher temperatures. Some molds like lower temperatures. And for the most part, I do get asked this too, can mold be viable if it's frozen? And so if the mold itself is frozen, I would say no. I'm not a microbiologist, but it can't reproduce if it's frozen. Now, when you ask that, can can mold reproduce when, when it's freezing outside, uh, inside your home could be warm enough. It could only be 40 degrees, you know, let's just say in a vacant property. And yes, it could it could be viable as long as it's not freezing. I don't believe when something's frozen, I don't believe it can do anything. Um, does that mean it's of no harm? No. But if you're in a home where it's freezing, I'm not sure that you'd be in there very long to be exposed to that. Going back to what I was just saying, I, I mentioned ice dams, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about. And it's something that causes a lot of problems, especially, you know, and when I say especially, but on a new home, it can cause a lot of problems, and it takes a it takes several years typically, depending on the size of the ice dam, for you to actually see what it's doing. So what an ice dam is is if you think about your roof right at the eaves, or you should have gutters. Let's say there's a valley, and it meets right at that eave. Well, if that water just sits there, it'll freeze. So during the day, it'll try to thaw out. At nighttime, it freezes. Well, it keeps freezing and thawing. And eventually, that moisture, that water, tries to get up underneath your shingles. Once it does that, hopefully, if your roof was installed properly, you have ice and water shield there that the roofers put down as far as underlayment. That's something you use in lieu of tar paper or felt, however you want to word that. But anyhow, over over the whole winter, so, you know, depending on where you're at, let's just say it's it literally... Once that, that snow's built up in that valley or the water is and it's ice, it could stay up there frozen until April or May. And what happens? So during the day it thaws, that water melts, and it keeps running down and it keeps going up underneath those shingles. Well, over time, that ice dam, that water has to have somewhere to go. And once it freezes, you know, typically even if something's pretty decently watertight, over time, once you have that pressure of that ice, because it's expanding when it freezes, it's going to force its way into places it normally wouldn't get in. And what ends up happening is, is that water gets in and it can, it can cause water damage inside the attic. So the attic insulation, if enough water gets in there, the top of your ceiling, the side of the sheetrock you can't see, 
could have moisture in it. It could have mold in it. And a lot of times before you see it or even notice it, it's it's water literally leaking through your roof. So so it's something that's really important when it comes to winter months and making sure. And like I said, this can happen on a home that you're living in all winter. Don't just assume, well, we live here. The house is heated. We're not going to have these issues. It, you're, you can have those issues. So keep that in mind. Another thing, like I said, I mentioned um, leach fields. You know, you could have a defective leach field that it just it can't handle the amount of moisture liquids. I guess I shouldn't say moisture, but liquids coming down that leach field. And what happens is that'll freeze up. It'll literally cause a sewage backup. Your septic tank could, it shouldn't, but the water coming in there or I should say liquids coming in there, can freeze up. And then before you know it, you have literally sewage coming out of your basement floor. So that's something, you know, to, to keep in mind. But as far as winterization, like what could you do to that leach field? There's really nothing you can do. Um, when it comes to the ice dams, what can you do? You can put heat tape up there on your roof. Now that heat tape, it's um you can buy it at any of your hardware stores it's the stuff that a lot of you see on people's eaves and it's kind of just looks like upside down v's that are that are running all along and i shouldn't say all along but a lot of times on the eaves where there's a valley that comes in so you can put heat tape up if you get the the proper type you literally plug it in and it has its own little built-in thermostat so once the temperatures drop below freezing that heat tape will will kick on and and It'll keep it warm. As far as like actual winterizing a home, obviously sprinklers, you know, we're into November. If you're in freezing temperatures, it's, you're probably pushing it. I know the weather's been pretty decent, but you're probably pushing it as far as blowing out your sprinkler lines, but that needs to be taken care of too. You know, so if you're going back to winterizing a home versus, you know, winterizing a home that nobody's going to be in versus winterizing a home that you're going to live in, that's something that needs to happen either way. Another thing we went over in the fall checklist, make sure you unhook all your hose bibs from the spigots that are actually on the wall. If you're a snowbird and you're leaving, make sure that you do uh, blow out all your water lines. It's something you've probably done unless this is your first year, but it's probably something you do every year. You know, you kind of have it down to a science where it literally takes you, you know, just a few hours to winterize your home. If you're winterizing your home as a snowbird, also keep in mind, that all your drains, you need to put antifreeze in it, which is pretty simple. I'm sure if you've done it, you know how to do it. But for those that you haven't, uh, it's usually that pink RV antifreeze you can buy. All you do is just, you know, shut the water off to, to all your plumbing fixtures because you'd have to do that to blow it out. Dump a little bit of that antifreeze down in the trap, just enough so that they can freeze up. A another thing too, you know, going back to, you know, I wouldn't say it's winterizing your home, but something to pay attention to is, you know, if you have corners on the outside of, of your house and it's an inside corner, that's typically where it happens. Not always, but typically on an inside corner, you know, normally the eaves up above on the roof, that's, that's where all the water runs to. Your gutters can't catch snow as it's sliding off your roof. Um, another thing to, to pay attention to is, is like snow buildup, which ends up some of it melting and it turns into ice make sure in those corners where you have lots of moisture accumulation in the winter months that you don't have that problem and i know i know it sucks but you know if we have we haven't had a harsh winter for a couple of years but if we have a harsh winter you know there are places like your deck that you literally have to to shovel off because all that snow that's going to sit there right next to your house that water is going to 
find its way typically into your home and you know all that all that what you thought was just snow turns into water that water turns into getting into the soils and then in the freeze thaw process it starts cracking your foundation and then after that that water's coming into your basement or into your crawl space or wherever it's going to go so it's something that's really important to pay attention to and i know i know it's not a proper thing um to 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 want to make a top priority um, it doesn't seem like it would be the proper thing, but it really is. It's something you should really pay attention to because, you know, over time, it's going to cause structural issues and it's going to cause mold issues. So just, you know, kind of put your, you know, mold specialist hat on as far as what this water can do to your home structurally and mold-wise and make sure that you're you're not doing something that can contribute to to more or less your your most valuable piece of uh, of uh, asset or most valuable asset that you have that you're just watching it you know deteriorate it's not like I said this 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 whole winterization it's not that difficult some of it is you can do it and walk away like your sprinklers once they're blown out you don't have to worry about it till next spring um, but there are things like I said that snow accumulation whether it's up on your eaves or in those corners it's not something you want to ignore, and it is something that you're going to have to pay attention to all winter long. You know, and something else, too, with the thinking about snow accumulation is one thing you got to keep in mind, too, is if you do have a basement and you have window wells, it's best that you put covers over those window wells because, you know, that all that water can come into that window well also and accumulate, and then, then that water ends up, you know, in the bottom of your window well once it fills up there. It can come in that window. Make sure that you're you're paying attention to that stuff all winter. Don't don't set it and forget it kind of thing um, like the sprinklers. So what's our call to action? This one's you know takes a little more than just five minutes, but take 15 minutes like we talk about on the fall checklist. Take 15 minutes on the exterior of a home and make sure that all your hose bibs are un, um, unhooked from or the hoses are unhooked from the hose bibs. Check your foundation or everywhere around, you know, anything adjacent to your property, your home. Just make sure that, you know, there's not something like a major crack in your foundation that's going to allow a bunch of water. Also, what you can do is I do offer, a lot of you have taken advantage of it, but I do VPAs, virtual property assessments. Those are, it's, it's not a replacement for an inspection. You know, it's always best to have boots on the ground. But it's the next best thing. It's something that we can do. Uh, we typically do it over a Zoom link. You're controlling the camera, but I'm I'm walking you literally through a full inspection. And those are they're they're not very expensive at all. They're well worth it. Um, a VPA could obviously tell you all the defects. We obviously write down notes, and I provide um, a report within a few days after the VPA with all the defects. And then somewhat of an action plan of what you got to do to to make sure you address the concerns that that we found. It's also really good too if you don't know, you know, you're not sure, you know, should you hire someone to do a bunch of testing? Should you hire a mold mitigation company? It, it'll give you a good idea of what your next steps are when it comes to mold concerns in your home. So make sure you go to our website, cnccontractorservices.com. I think it's bash backslash uh consultations i believe i'm not for sure but 
you'll find it. There's a tab there. And um, under the consultations, it's VPAs, Virtual Property Assessment. You click on that and you can book it. Once again, uh, make sure you go book your VPA. And this was episode 180. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.